Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Sherliff. This show is heard on WBCQ, The Planet, every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Broadcast out of beautiful Monticello, Maine, in Arista County, and heard all over the world, WBCQ, The Planet. The show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp, and this year's camp, 2021, will be held at the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center from July 18th, Sunday afternoon, until Friday morning, July 23rd. And we've got a good, or I should say, an excellent lineup of instructors, as we do every year. And I'm just getting the confirmations uh, from some of the guests, some of the guest instructors. Uh, we've got a number of them returning, as they do every year, but with different material, not necessarily teaching the same exact class. And uh, you can learn more about Camp Constitution visiting by visiting our website, campconstitution.net. This particular show is also heard on Podomatic. You'll visit our Podomatic site. And you can uh, also, I've been uploading a lot of Sam Blumenfeld's recordings, which a, a friend of ours made a generous donation in making it possible for us to become what they call a broadcaster on Podomatic. So we have unlimited space. So I've been taking videos, I should say audios, from the Samuel Blumenfeld archive and or maybe once or twice a week uploading them on the Podomatic page, giving uh, Sam uh, Sam's important work, uh, a new, uh, introducing his work to a, a new audience, and it's been very well received because we've got probably hundreds of downloads from Sam's material, from his recordings at homeschool shows, over the years, so probably from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and um, most of Sam's material, if not all of it, is timeless because he deals with the deliberately dumbing down of America, and he discusses the history of education, the history of math, uh, arithmetic and mathematics, and what parents and teachers can do to, uh, to overcome this deliberately dumbing down of America. And I'm just so happy I, when Sam was on his deathbed back in May of 2015, we pledged to him that his work will carry on, and not only that, but it will influence unborn generations. So he's been he's passed uh, five years ago, actually it'd be I think six years ago uh, in June of this year, and it's possible that some. Uh, Parents have been using the alpha phonics with their five or six-year-old, and so. Um, and Sam, Sam, when he was on his well, not when he was on his deathbed, but he had said over the time that he didn't think that he was his efforts were making much of an impact, and he had to be corrected on the spot because I said, Sam, you have you don't know the influence you've had on people over the years. Uh, 
with your alpha phonics, with your encouraging people to become authors and lecturers and educators and homeschoolers, especially homeschoolers. He gave me such great advice way back, probably like the first year I met him. He said, never let your child attend a public school. And now that I'm, I'm a father of five and a grandfather of one, none of my children have ever attended a public school. And it was his advice. And it was interesting that every so often, we're, homeschooling can be a challenge. And it's, it's, uh, anything worthwhile is, isn't easy. And although today it's much easier than it was back in the 90s with the technology and the uh, interaction and what have you, all these great pro things that are available today that were not available 20 and 30 years ago. But um, every now and then we'd get a little discouraged and say, oh, you know, and listen to one of Sam's speeches. And I'm, we would say, what were we ever thinking about? So uh, I do encourage the listeners on this show to go to our website, Camp constitution.net and then visit the archive it's a little drop down and all we ask is a username and email you can give us all your information you can give us your address mailing address and phone number and all that good stuff but that's not required and it is free although I know most of the people listening to this show are free market types and they realize nothing is free somebody has to pay for it so we make it available free but we do hope for some folks will make donations to uh, so we can uh, expand our influence and get more people uh, in tune to the Blumenfeld archives. We try to share the word as much as, as, as we can. Uh, we don't have a gigantic budget, obviously, as a very small uh, uh, charitable trust, but uh, we try to influence homeschoolers. Uh, we'll go to homeschool websites, introduce them to the archive, we do occasionally run little ads uh, with the Sam Blumenfeld Flyer. In our travels, we'll visit churches, we'll visit various groups, we'll reach out to literacy groups around the country. Usually, not primarily, sometimes by uh, old-fashioned snail mail, sometimes by, um, by just going onto their websites and letting them know about it. And by the looks of it, we have many educators uh, from various backgrounds, whether they're secular colleges, private Christian schools, or what have you, and not just in the United States, but all over the world, primarily in the United States, in the English-speaking world. But as I mentioned to you, we had uh, a lady, a lovely lady from South Africa, uh, back last in 2000, late 2019, find the uh, archive. And she started using it with her um, special needs class. They don't call it special needs. She's from uh, Johannesburg. And the 19 students, where there was no progress in reading for two years, 17 of the 19 became proficient readers in two weeks using the alpha phonics. So we're excited and delighted that we're able to um, influence people like that. Now, <clears throat> changing topics just a little bit. We've done a lot uh, over the last year about this uh, entity known as Black Lives Matter. We have exposed them for what they are. In fact, it's interesting is that they don't hide their background, although they did, they did take down some of, the, some of the stuff on their website about uh, overturning Western tradition and Western tr concept of family. They did um, delete that, but of course a lot of the screenshots and people archived that stuff. So. They have tried to hide some of their 
more radical militant views. But they uh, really make no bones about being Marxist, hating the United States, hating our history. And, of course, that's what the white leftist progressive have trained them to do, you see. And, I, by the way, I hate to use the word progressive. There's nothing prog- progressive about socialism. It's retrogressive. Anyway, uh, you, you'll see in certain communities, uh, mainly in the Northeast, in predominantly white leftist wealthy areas, uh, Black Lives Matter lawn signs and businesses with Black Lives Matter. And I think we have an obligation to challenge these businesses. Uh, you know, residents, if you know the people, I don't suggest you go knocking on their door and saying, hey, that sign, you know, but maybe you drop off a, an article, you know, video of a video, but um, you can uh, find articles exposing Black Lives Matter all over the internet. Just download a one or two pager and go in your neighborhood and distribute them. You know, that's one way. Or let it to the editor, that's another way. And uh, a lot of them will publish it. The problem is that the leftists, depending on where you live and what you do for work or what business you own, will go after you. They'll do a smear campaign. They'll call, Because you dare defy Black Lives Matter, you'll uh, risk uh, losing your job. You'll risk uh, getting boycotted. You'll, uh, you know, you'll be uh, unin- uninvited to groups. But I tell them to bring it on because all you're doing is exposing them. And uh, we have a, a video uh, on our YouTube channel of a black lady from Harlem, B.B. Uh, Reed, and she's confronting white women, white leftists in Lexington, Massachusetts. This was back in September of last year. Very politely, by the way. She didn't come on and call them names or what have you. just said, you people are well-intentioned, I think, but you're misguided. You don't know what you're promoting. And, uh, and of course, sometimes these folks double down. But we have to expose this organization. We have to expose what they refer to as the cancel culture. We've got to stop it because they want to rewrite. They want to destroy our history and rewrite our history. So just uh, it was the uh, few days after Christmas. I'm in Lexington, Massachusetts, running a couple of errands. And uh, this was a Sunday morning before our home church service in Lexington. And I... uh, saw the, uh, a banner, a Black Lives banner over the Lexington Historical Society. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with Lexington and its history, although I would think most uh, of the listeners are, Lexington was where the shot heard around the world was first fired. This was where the Battle of Lexington and Concord took place, April 19, 1775, and Every year of the last 15 years, we've been there to, maybe not every year since 15 years, but maybe the last seven or eight years, we videotaped a reenactment, and uh, you can see some of those reenactments on our YouTube channel. Uh, Lexington is a relatively wealthy town. Uh, I think in 16, it was, I think, uh, four 20% 20% of the people voted for Trump, where the rest voted for Hillary Clinton. So you see a four to one margin, and uh, it's not polite to uh, let people know where you stand because they are. Some of those leftists can be a little nasty. There's a there's a farm, a beautiful farm that they have produce and uh, meats and Christmas trees, what have you. And the owner of this farm, uh, Wilson's Farm, is a conservative who had the temerity to 
send financial contributions to Trump, and they tried to uh, destroy his business. They were unsuccessful, by the way. Uh, in fact, uh, we, ma- we made an effort to buy food from them. Uh, to, to have uh, We had a special Thanksgiving meal at the Lane House there in Lexington, and we made sure we went through Wilson Farm. We let them know that, hey, you know, we were going to go someplace else, but we, we wanted to support you. Uh, anyway, but I was walking by the Lexington Historical Society, and there was a Black Lives Matter banner. So I said, this is really outrageous because Lexington, the Lexington Green, has some beautiful monuments. It has the famous Minuteman statue, although uh, a good historian will tell you that there was no Minuteman company in Lexington. They were a militia company, but no Minuteman company as a distinction. Uh, but anyway, um, so I said, I'm going to uh, challenge this. So I went to their website, Lexington Historical Society, and I um, got the names and oh, I should say the emails of some of the, the, the emails that were available, the director, and there were like four or five of them. And I sent the email, and it was uh, very polite about it. And I said that the Historical Society has, does a great job of, um, of educating people about the contributions and sacrifices made by black American patriots, like Prince Esterbrook, et cetera, et cetera. And I said there's no need to do any virtual signaling, especially promoting an organization, Black Lives Matter, that would be more than happy to tear down and destroy all of the statues and monuments in Lexington. And I waited a few days. I thought, oh, they're not going to respond. Uh, It was about three days later. I get a response from Erin. I can't recall her last name. She's the director. And she very politely politely thanked me for my comments. And then uh, she said that uh, back in June of 2020, the organization decided to fight racism, uh, become anti-racist, and fight white supremacy and white privilege in, in, their, in their own ranks, et cetera. And she said, and the email went on to say that like thousands of uh, organizations, even here in Lexington, you know, we, we support the Black Lives Matter movement. So they're not just saying, well, no, we don't support black, the organization, but of course we support black lives. Uh, so I responded. And I was a little facetious, sarcastic, and I said, uh, I'm, well, I, I was, I'm surprised to learn that uh, there's racism and white privilege and uh, white supremacy in the ranks of your society. I said, but I'm not surprised to learn overall that uh, many white leftists, you uh, think I might have used the word progressive, uh, do have a racist history. In fact, you can say that just simply living in Lexington with its 1.5 black population, 1.5% black population, is indication itself of white supremacy, racism, and white privilege. I said hanging a banner of a Black Black Lives Matter banner promoting black supremacy is no way to fight that. And then I uh, linked uh, a few articles about violence that Black Lives Matter, local Black Lives Matter people were involved in in the greater Boston area. The local chat leader, Monica Cannon Grant, who's not exactly a nice person to say the least, she, uh, back in, I think it was September or August, maybe earlier than that, she went on a racist barrage against a black woman, uh, a, a Trump supporter, a congressional candidate, 
Brianna Campbell, whom we know, we're, we're friendly with her. She's a lovely lady. She happened to be married to a white man, and they have uh, interracial children, beautiful children. And uh, she said some things that I can't repeat here. They're vulgar and disgusting, racist comments, uh, sexual comments. Uh, she kind of got away with it. Uh, the Boston Herald uh, wrote an article about it. The Boston Globe said nothing. There was no, no, uh, no one was denouncing her. No one was calling her to resign or fire her from her Black Lives Matter position. Um, uh, she was supporting uh, the uh, Ayanna Presley for Congress. She was actually a staffer. Ayanna Presley didn't say a word about her. So I guess she's okay with her anti-white racism, which is, I guess, in the eyes of the left, there's no such thing. So you can call, you can assault a white person, you can beat them to death, you can call them filthy honkies and spit on them, but that's not racism. But if somebody goes out and buys Aunt Jemima pancake syrup, that's racism. It's just insane. It's absolutely insane. It needs to be challenged. If we are to survive as a country and a society, we need to challenge this. So I also uh, linked an article, a more recent event that took place on December 15th in the town of Swampscott, Massachusetts, the home of Governor Charlie Baker, uh, the very left-wing Republican governor. Uh, He's probably more left than most Democrats. That's how bad this guy is. And uh, a, another Black Lives Matter leader, a male, I can't recall his name offhand, and there was an article in, uh, I think, a couple of local papers where he assaulted an 80-year-old woman who happened to be white and a Trump supporter. She, he punched her. I mean, he didn't just go over there and call her names. He punched her, knocked her down. Uh, he was, uh, he was uh, given a re- a re- an award by the Boston Red Sox back in June, I think, where they normally honor veterans or military people, but those are no longer uh, involved. Now it's Marxist revolutionaries that we have to honor. Street thugs. Imagine giving Ernest Rome a, a good citizenship award back in the early 30s when uh, before the Nazis took over. That's akin to what we're seeing here. And again, not much media play about this. So I put these two links in the article, and I said, will the Lexington Historical Society condemn the violence committed by Black Lives Matter? I pointed out that you can find hundreds of incidences of violence, mostly in the black community, committed by Black Lives Matter members against blacks and against other people. These, I said, uh, and I put out, point out, pointed out, too, that they're tearing down the statues. They said no statue is safe if it's even statues of Frederick Douglass. And the, the beautiful bas relief of the 54th Regiment in Boston that uh, was sitting across the state house. It's been removed for cleaning and restoration. Uh, let's see if they put it back. Uh, so they're tearing down even statues of black Americans. So uh, anything that doesn't smack of Karl Marx or socialism, and interesting to point out by Karl Marx was a racist and anti-Semite, but that's another topic another for another topic um anyway um so i haven't heard back and i also linked the video by bb reed uh going after politely going after some white women in lexington these white leftists seem to know more about the black struggle uh, the black issues than uh someone living in harlem i guess that's the that's the condescending racism 
that's very prevalent amongst the white leftists, this, this idea that um, they know better than we do. You know, they know more than we do, what have you. So uh, I'm going to do an article on our blog. I interviewed Reverend Stevie Kraft. This would have been uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, and Reverend happens to be a black man living in Lexington. And uh, it's about a 10-minute video. We're going to upload that. It should be on our YouTube channel. I'm having a little trouble with connections here. And we're going to do a, uh, an article about it and hopefully get some, get some, get some attention and uh, get some exposure from uh, this organization. Again, they're getting a, they're getting a free ride, uh, the, the stuff they're doing around the country. And they're not, you know, they haven't been, oh, it's been a little quiet the last couple of months, but they're not going anywhere. You know, uh, if Biden gets sworn in, you know, they're going to have basically a blank check. And incidentally, they hate Biden as much as they hate Trump. Don't don't let you don't let anyone fool you. You can play. You think you can placate these people, these far leftists, these racists, these revolutionaries. You can't placate them. There's a scene in uh, the movie Independence Day. This was a movie where aliens invaded the United of the world, and they have taken out a good chunk of the world's population. They destroyed Washington, D.C. They destroyed all the major cities. And the president, I uh, can't remember who played the president, and they're in their, uh, in the special place there in uh, Nevada, I guess, in Area 33 or what have you. And they catch one of these aliens. These aliens are kind of a hideous-looking thing. And the president trying to communicate with this alien. What can we do? What, how can we help? What can we do to, to coexist? And the alien said, die, spelled out, die, you know. So, the left isn't interested in, uh, in, in in kind of mutual agreements or let's common common let's find let's find the common denominator and work from there. They want to destroy this country. They want to turn it into Venezuela. They want to turn it in, and it's hard to understand the mindset. And that's why most Americans can't really grasp it. Can't believe it. By the way, when I say left, I'm not talking about the liberal who owns a home in your neighborhood with a Biden sign. They're not the far left. Oh, well, most of them aren't anyway. You know, the people that they may, they may even fly an American flag and be patriotic. At least think they think they're patriotic. But talking about the leftists who despise this country and and they are in our neighborhoods too. By the way, uh, I'm not saying they aren't. Um, although I, I don't know, I might, might have mentioned this uh, the earliest show that we have now. My family now lives in the beautiful town of Alton, New Hampshire. The, uh, what they refer to as the Lakes region of New Hampshire, Lake Winnipesaukee, with just a five-minute drive. We live in a kind of a wooded area, a nice house that was built in 03 or 04. That's insulated, although it's cold, cold up here, and a little more snow on the ground than in Boston, but we love it. And um, our community is pretty much conservative, and uh, the people who aren't seem to get along just fine with the people who are, and that's the way it should be in, in a free country. And um, we still have some work to do, by the way, uh, clearing out the old house. Uh, as many of you know, I've got plenty. I've got an extensive library. Some of it is in the Lane House. Some of it's here, and some of it's still in the barn, which we have about, I don't know, 10 days to clear out. But God willing, we'll take care of that. And uh, for those of you who um, follow us or me on Facebook, I do on occasions will have books available uh, what I'll do is just take pictures of the books and say, make an offer, proceeds go to Camp Constitution. 
and a number of people have taken advantage. And in some cases, a book that might be worth ten or fifteen dollars uh, on Amazon, people will bid five or ten and end up sending us a check for fifty or twenty or thirty or a hundred because you know it's for a good cause. And uh, it's one of the uh, revenue streams. Um, and if you listen to this show and you have some books you like to donate, you know we obviously books that. Uh, Books of conservative nature, autobiographies, biographies, political science. I mean, people donate books to us, all different topics and titles. And some of what we usually do is we'll find the ones that might be little gems that can get some value from either Amazon or our Facebook page. And the rest, we'll try to find homes for. Uh, there's a lot of great books, and uh, I have to find homes for about a thousand books that uh, are really good. It's just that they are, you go to Amazon, they're selling for 50 cents or a penny, and it's just not worth our time because there's no, it's not enough, uh, not worth, it's almost like a loss. Or we break even. If we sell on Amazon between the postage and the commission they take, you kind of break even. But we do want to find good homes for these, for these books, and we're accepting donations all the time. Just contact me um, and, you know, Pick them up if it's nearby. If we have somebody nearby that can pick them up, or you can just simply ship them to us, and uh, you know, depending on how many. Um, all right. Well, I want to also talk a little bit about. We got a few minutes left. Talk a little bit about the uh, the election, which uh, which uh, the show airs on Monday and Thursday. You're listening to the show on Thursday, the election the special election will have already happened. So um, it's hard to say. Everyone's telling us it's Razor thin. We know there's going to be voter fraud, um, but will it be enough to overcome? Uh, will it be en- will it be enough to uh, make a difference? Or not? That remains to be seen. But this is the sad thing. Now, we shouldn't be so worried that uh, the balance of the whole free world uh, determines the election in Georgia. Uh, Georgia has a very interesting uh, election. There was about ten or twelve Republican candidates running for the Senate. Now, I always thought that a primary was supposed to eliminate all of the uh, also-rans and boil it down to one, one person. And that one person, Republican, Independent, uh, third party, then they would they'd go in the general election. But there was just dozens of people on both sides in, in the final election. And that's what brings us to this runoff. I counted all of the votes um, that were listed. Uh, and it looks like Republicans got more votes um, overall because there were some Republican candidates that came in second and third place that got thousands of votes. So anyway, uh, I heard an interesting commentary. I forgot who it was, and uh, they were talking about the balance of power. And you know, if, we lose, if the Republicans lose both seats, that means it's a 50-50, and the vice president, Kamala Harris, of course, will always do the wrong thing, and she'll be the tiebreaker. So we have to get one vote. But he said, this guy said, oh, no, there's only eight constitutionalists in the, uh, in, the, in the whole Senate. And I thought that's the point, because just being a Republican doesn't mean you vote the right way. In fact, most of the time you vote the wrong way, you know, these leftist uh, Republicans. Uh, and uh, anyway, and whether or not uh, the Electoral College, what will happen with the members of Congress, the senators that will contest but if you watched, if you let's go to the mainstream media, you would think that there was absolutely not one, one, one ballot counted incorrectly, not one bad ballot at all. 
it's a big myth in the fabrication. There's no evidence of any voter fraud when just the opposite is true. It's like we're living in two worlds, you know, the world of fake news and the world of, uh, you know, the, you know, the uh, real news. And not to say that uh, we can get so reliant upon one source and, and they can be wrong on, on occasions as well. I just heard that Newsmax ran, ran a pro-Biden article, and I thought, well, yeah, that's what sometimes conservatives do. They do have a little balance, but the left has no balance whatsoever. You'll never see NPR or CNN even remotely running anything that might smack of conservatism here at all or freedom and limited government. But uh, either way, uh, we have to persevere. Our mission is remains the same, is to, uh, is to uh, educate people about these important issues, uh, honoring the past, teaching the present, preparing the future, and that's what our mission is, and that's not going to change because of the outcome of any election. And we just have to keep doing what we're doing, and we put things in God's hands. So again, we get a few seconds left. I want to thank you for listening to our show. This is our first show of 2021. I want to thank the good folks at WBCQ The Planet that make this show possible, and of course those that donate. And with that, we want to thank you for listening, and uh, until next week, may God richly bless you, and please uh, visit our YouTube channel, Camp Constitution, Uh, subscribe to it, visit our Facebook page, visit our Podomatic page, and also sign up for the Samuel Blumenfeld archives, and share the message, spread the word. God bless. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio, WBCQ The Planet. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.